Hey there, I'm Hope from Unicorn Marketing Co. I'm your host and welcome to the Magic Hour. Hey, I'm Hope and welcome to the Magic Hour. Today I have Lillian Sue with me and she is a fabulous PR professional who is in the story and relationship building business. As a PR coach and a publicist, she helps creative entrepreneurs and brands just like you to gain the confidence to learn how to make public relations work for you and to share your story on a worldwide scale and become the global industry leader that you were meant to be. Welcome, Lillian. Thanks for having me, Hope. I'm so glad you're here. Jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Sure. I run in retrospect writing services and the first iteration of this company was more focused on the copywriting and social media strategy side of marketing. I decided to add PR to my product suite because I had a lot of entrepreneurs asking me things like, do you write a press release? I have some news I'd like to get out there. And I thought, hey, I'm tired of telling people no. So let's just try and, you know, add this in, see how I do, see if I enjoy it, see what I learn. And I really fell in love with doing campaigns for indie filmmakers and authors, vegan food brands, worked with some uh, tourism and hospitality companies as well. But I thought, you know, it was getting to a point where I was also talking to a lot of entrepreneurs towards the onset of the pandemic where they said, I would love to work with you on a campaign, but I can't afford it. So I thought, what is a way that I can continue to work with these fantastic people, but still impart this years upon years of expertise and knowledge that I have? So I decided to incorporate PR coaching into my product suite. And the difference between coaching and campaigns basically is coaching is one-on-one primarily i'm thinking about expanding to group eventually but it's one-on-one right now and an entrepreneur or an author comes to me when they say you know i'm having trouble goal planning i'm having trouble figuring out what my story is i'm having trouble building a media kit whatever questions they have surrounding pr i work with them and and give them personalized guidance during a one-on-one coaching call, help them brainstorm things, give them resources and templates to move along the journey to build the strategy on their own. And I do this through one-on-one sessions. I also have an eight-week coaching program, but they always have access to me when they get stuck or they have questions, things like that. So on the campaign side, that's really having me be more hands-on. So I work with them directly to develop the media kits, to brainstorm the story pitches and actually do the media relations component where I'm helping them schedule interviews and things like that. So that's kind of the difference between the two main services that I have. Very cool. Tell me, Lillian, what do you love most about public relations? I think just being able to see my clients have their stories get out there on an international scale, have it be received well, Mm -hmm. be able to help them build really long lasting positive relationships with key media outlets like podcasts, bloggers, reviewers, websites, you know, freelance writers, all of these folks who are 
coming out and supporting them because they believe in their projects, they believe in their stories, and they really want to share that with their audiences. Time and time again, what I really love is not just getting the initial exposure from my clients and also seeing them have those light bulb moments when they mm -hmm. sit back and understand, oh, this is why mm -hmm. I'm I'm afraid to get out there and share my story. Like this is where the fear is coming from. This is where the anxiety is coming from. Or, you know, this is what my media kit should look like. I finally, you know, am comfortable developing a visual brand that I love and everything like that. So I love those light bulb moments. I love the beyond even the initial exposure, the long lasting relationships that I bridge the gap to help them build with these key media outlets who time and time again, over years, will continue to support their projects and everything. Mm -hmm. and, and to me, that's the real rewarding part of, and the power of PR really being about storytelling and relationship building because once you know the story you want to share it's about figuring out who do I want to get in front of who's going to help me get in front of these people mm -hmm. and what are the relationships that can help me do that and when these relationships continue to be positive impactful and long lasting over years these are connections nobody can ever take away from them and that's what I really love about my work Absolutely. As a creative marketing agency, I'm always saying that we build our business on visual storytelling and you're literally building your business on storytelling. What are some of the aspects that you use to try and hone in on someone's story and really cultivate that end goal? With stories, I always tell them that, you know, when we are looking to share what you've been through and your experiences and your knowledge and your expertise, we're not looking to share the entirety of your life story. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, there is a line between what is personal versus what is private, and you choose where that line is mm -hmm. and how what your personal experiences have been relate to your business journey as an entrepreneur, as an author, as a filmmaker, whatever it is that you're doing. Because when we talk as creatives, when we talk about what inspires us to build the business, when we talk about what inspires certain projects, when we talk about what inspires certain missions and the impacts that we want to make with our projects a lot of that is rooted in personal experience and knowledge right mm -hmm. so I really try to get my clients to sit down and start brainstorming their story onto something tangible it's not like there's details that they need to know that they've forgotten they know these details but brainstorming it and putting it on like pen to paper or on screen makes it more tangible so that this is kind of your master document that you can always refer back to when you are looking to get out there and share your story. It forms the basis of the interview questions that you'll be asked, right? Like if someone asks you what inspired you to create this project, you have several different ways and several answers you can kind of pull from that can come from that master document, makes it easier oh, to organize, mm -hmm. makes it easier to streamline the process. And then you're, you get less tongue tied, the more comfortable you get 
speaking about your story and everything. And it is something that I really had to go through first before really getting into coaching my clients on it, because I thought if I'm going to coach them to walk the walk, I can't just talk the talk and not live it myself. Want to do it first. Mm -hmm. So I had to go through and do my own mindset work before helping my clients with their mindsets where I had to sit Mm -hmm. down and go, what's driving my fear? Mm -hmm. Because I had spent years relying on my case studies and my testimonials to do the talking for me. And it wasn't until years down the road where I had to sit back and go, wait a minute, this is showing them what I do. What I do is almost immaterial because there's so many people that do what I do. What it's not giving them is what can they they expect from working with me? Mm -hmm. Who am I? What -hmm. is that process going to be like? What is that relationship going to be like? And I had to step back and do the work and recognize that the reason why I was so afraid of putting myself out there was because like a lot of my clients that would come later, I was afraid of losing control Mm. of my own narrative of my own story. And the reason why I wanted to control that and try and control the responses and the results to what I was putting out there was because I grew up without control. I was being controlled. And Mm -hmm. once I realized that, oh, and I let go of that, right? The Mm -hmm. freedom of, you know, being able to let go of that has really allowed me to have that innate understanding of how to help my clients recognize what their limiting beliefs are, what triggers them and how we can push past that. And also at the same time, help them reinforce the Mm -hmm. positive mindset, the positive thinking with the tools and the resources that we've built together Mm -hmm. as these things have come up. So for me as a coach, doing my own mindset work has made not only my personal life a lot easier, but my professional life, there's so much more freedom in terms and understanding in terms of how I approach my clients and help them really build those strong mindsets that they're going to need even before we start goal planning, even before we start talking about the stories they want to share. And even before we start getting into the nitty gritty of like building a strategy and figuring out who they want to get in front of, First and foremost, we focus on the mindset piece of it because there is so much fear, anxiety, imposter syndrome, and unrealistic expectations about the results that PR and marketing can bring you. So my job as a coach is to give them that support, that guidance, that clarity, and that educational piece on, you know, if you are really and truly ready to do this, This is the work that's ahead of us. I have so many questions. Before we go into the mindset piece, let's talk a bit about the control that people can have on their narrative. Is it possible to always control your narrative? And what happens when your narrative is wildly out of control? It's interesting that you bring this up because for my clients that come to me with this fear, I tell them that you control the parts of your story that you want to share. Mm -hmm. Okay, so however you want to answer a question, that's up to you. 
And if you don't want to answer a question during an interview, during an event, whatever it is, that's also up to you. And there are ways in which to redirect Mm. the conversation back to topics you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, let's steering away from your personal life and talking more about your current project or your future goals for new projects, whatever it is, just to kind of keep a conversation on track. In terms of losing control of a narrative, crisis communications is an area of PR that I have some knowledge in, but it's not something that I help my clients with on day to day. There are, you know, larger PR agencies that do do that. But the basics of it is you can lose control of your narrative in a couple of different ways. First being... If you are going out there and starting a media campaign when you haven't first gone back and audited your social media and your web presence to make yeah. sure that nothing in your past may come back and bite you. And yeah. it, like when we talk about negativity, it is a wide spectrum. It could be oh. anything from a customer conflict to lawsuits, to embezzlement, to, you know, um, employee conflicts, wrongful dismissals, whatever it is, you want to make sure that all of those issues and also any personal behavioral antics are addressed and removed from your online presence before embarking on a campaign. So Mm -hmm. if you don't do that, that's one way a narrative can get out of control. The other way is when things happen to your brand as you're moving along and growing your business and hiring employees and getting out there and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. And as we say in public relations, every crisis is negative, but not every negative situation is a crisis. Mm-hmm. So the key there is when you are doing things like customer relations on social media or by email, how you approach that and how you address the situation and whether or not you're doing it from a place of honesty and transparency can really affect whether or not you have repaired and strengthened that relationship with that customer, with that client, with that reader, with that viewer, partner, whatever it is, versus having them go to social media, go to the media and really share their negative experiences. Mm -hmm. So that's one way to stop the narrative from getting out of control with other things that can really damage a a brand or an, an entrepreneur's reputation can be things like financial embezzlement, really other like dark things that have to deal with like harassment and things like that Mm -hmm. Um, within, you know, if they have things happen like that with their employees or between employees and customers in cases like that, what a brand or an entrepreneur really should be doing is making sure that you are getting out there and being honest about it. You don't have to tell them all of the details, but the media and the public want to know what the situation is and what you're doing to correct the situation right so right now and also what you're doing to make sure that's never going to happen again. Transparency mm-hmm. is huge with that. Mm-hmm. Put a blanket statement out into the world and hope that people are going to pick it up. People know when you're not being honest, right? 
Exactly, exactly. And as long as you follow, I mean, I'm not going to get into the intricacies of building that kind of framework, but mm -hmm. in general, as long as you follow that kind of framework, when something goes wrong, people will be understanding. Mm -hmm. They will appreciate that. And the hope is from you doing that, that they'll be willing to trust you again, the longer times go where they see the efforts that you've done to make sure that something like that's never going to happen again. So there is a way to salvage things and strengthen those relationships, even when things go wrong. Can I ask a quick question? What about the, the statement, there's no such thing as bad PR? Is this true or false? It is probably the most popular PR myth that's yeah. been around for decades, even long before I started in the industry. And honestly, Hope, it is false. Yeah. And it is false because the reason why I think it was ever generated was because people were used to seeing these bad celebrities mm -hmm. or celebrities do bad things and have it, quote unquote, roll off their back because they had... PR campaigns or they had their publicist release statements or they did a press tour or whatever it is to mitigate that to address it and move on and that's why a lot of people seem to think oh it's just water off a duck's back mm -hmm. the thing they don't realize though is that for those folks that are higher profile and who have enough of a reputation, they're still going to lose opportunities and lose business. The difference is, is that when you're making millions of dollars, you don't feel it as much. Of course. Just because you're not getting opportunities in this arena does not mean you're, like the opportunities you get in other arenas won't make up for it. Mm -hmm. What a lot of entrepreneurs and smaller brands don't realize is at your stage with your reputation, if something like that happens, you may not be able to recover. And then you may have to start over. Depending on how bad the negative publicity is, you may just have to start over, go underground. And in that case, depending on how severe it is, maybe even a crisis communications framework may not be able to save you because there is no guarantee, but you should have one so that you have the framework to respond to things when they happen, as opposed to scrambling around in the moment, trying to figure out how to respond to negativity. That sounds like a hellish situation to be scrambling around. Let's shift a bit into mindset and talk a bit more about how does a person's mindset have anything to do with PR success? What are your thoughts? Well, it comes down to if your mindset is because your mindset can influence all of your subconscious beliefs and it can influence the actions that you take on your strategy or even if you build a strategy, period. And mm -hmm. that's something that people don't spend a lot of time thinking about is the power of their subconscious beliefs. And mindset can really influence how you choose to approach something like marketing and PR. If you're coming at it with a mindset of scarcity and fear, basically fearing that if you don't act now, you're going to lose out on opportunities, number one. And number two, that fear coming from, I don't want to waste my money. I don't want to waste my money. What can happen in that kind of mindset is 
maybe you don't have media experience and you've never done an interview, but because you are being driven by, by fear, you are afraid that you're going to lose out on opportunities. So you want to start pitching right at the top, the mainstream, the talk shows, all of that, without having first done the groundwork to get up there, which is not how it works. You haven't built a reputation. You haven't shared your story with a lot of lower tier industry and genre specific media. The top tier guys have no idea who you are. It is not a top-down strategy. So when you're leading with fear, that's something that can happen. You can self-sabotage when things also go slower than maybe you want to. Because PR is a strategy where, just like other forms of marketing, there are no guarantees. And it takes time. It takes time right, to build these relationships with these writers, podcasters, editors, and media outlets that they may not respond the first time out, or you may get a response later. Mm -hmm. Most of the time when you first pitch, you won't be getting a response within the first couple days. It may take a couple weeks. The responses may come from people you would have never expected. That's something that I learned very early on in this business. And I'm always... Yeah, I'm always surprised by who responds and who we build relationships with. It's why you need to go into this without any expectations. You have your goals and the things you want to achieve using PR as a method to do that. And there's so many different ways you could use PR to do that as well. I mean, there's not just interviews, your reviews, live Q&As, events, doing workshops, webinars, writing blog posts for industry blogs. Like there's Mm -hmm. a huge wealth of ideas. There's so many different ways you could do that. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand that it is a long game, that there's more than one way even using PR to reach those goals, and that the response is never going to come from where you want it to come from. The Mm -hmm. best you can do is try the best you can do is do that outreach. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, come back and go, what happened? What am I willing to learn from it? How can I grow from it? Is there a better way for me to approach this particular outlet compared to what I did last time? So mm-hmm. if you're approaching it from a scarcity standpoint, a fear standpoint, and then you start to self-sabotage, bringing in the imposter syndrome part of it when things don't work out when things take longer maybe you get media rejections you start going into that spiral of this isn't going to work for me my story's not worthy of being shared all of this kind of thing all of that affects how you move forward and whether you move forward mm-hmm. and having unrealistic expectations about results also plays into that as well I've had entrepreneurs approach me who claim they want to be a media mogul. They have no media experience. They want to be on Jimmy Fallon tomorrow, right, Lillian? Exactly, exactly. We've talked about this before. Like this this is the kind, when you come at it with that kind of attitude, Mm -hmm. what that tells me is you are completely overlooking and dismissing what could be better opportunities that are better are better fit for your brand and your mm-hmm. story at the stage that you are right now mm-hmm. in order to get 
comfortable with interviews in order to build these relationships that will help promote you and uplift you and give you this fantastic, high-quality, third-party, endorsed, trustworthy content for your social media and for your email marketing, you're willing to overlook all of that to try and shoot for what you believe is mainstream success without taking a step back and thinking, wait a minute, are their audiences even the right audiences for what I'm doing? Mm. You know, are they actually going to be paying attention to what it is that I'm talking about, what it is that I'm sharing, my product, my services, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, it really doesn't matter how many millions of households that platform reaches. Right now, that platform is not for you. Their mm-hmm. audiences are not your audiences. So there's a lot that goes into building a PR strategy and launching a campaign that's really influenced by having a negative mindset, by allowing your limiting beliefs to drive the train, so to speak, and to influence the actions you take. It can really push you back and it can really sabotage the progress you're trying to make. I absolutely agree. I say this all the time in marketing and design as well as Having an abundance mindset is scary and it's hard to move into, but once you do, so much more opportunities are coming to you. The world seems so much more open and caring. You let go of false standards that you believe are the most important. Like let's say you're trying to grow on social media and you're worried about how many followers you have. That's not the goal. The goal is how many people you're speaking to in those followers that are building those relationships with you and care about your message and your story. And yeah, it all comes together, doesn't it? Absolutely. How would you say as a PR professional measure that success? There's so many different ways, I'm sure. And for some people, like we just said, like being on a media mogul spectrum is maybe where they're at, but there are so many different layers. So for you, and when you're working with your clients, what does that look like? It really depends on what the client's goals are, you know, in terms of like, we kind of break the goals down into different categories, like sales, business development, thought leadership, partnerships and distribution, that kind of thing. So if we're looking at it, all the goals from under all of those different umbrellas, How are we doing things like driving traffic to your website? You know, Mm -hmm. are you putting that at the end of a blog? If you're wanting to gain more newsletter subscribers, are we mentioning that at the end of your interviews? When we talk about things like sales, are we driving traffic to your online platforms that you are selling things on? Are we promoting sales you or promotions you have going on through the interviews and the events and everything. So there's so many different ways that we can use to drive traffic on these goals that will help them gain the results that they want. Totally. So we talked about some of the hurdles that you have to overcome and a lot of the mindset, Lillian, but what do you think are some areas that people can learn more about public relations and change their mindset about how they view this whole industry? I think that 
one of the big ways is if they're curious about getting into it or learning more about what it is, is really just to start seeking out some resources. You know, there's a reason why I have a ton of free journals that I put out to help folks get educated on a lot of it. I'm talking a lot about actionable tips and strategies that I share on social media. I also like to direct them to things like newsletters. Like I have one on LinkedIn known as PR Decoded, where I really dig into demystifying the world of public relations and the different types of PR and why it's powerful and why they should consider really looking into it. One of the things that I will say that I've noticed in my years in the industry is that a lot of the literature in terms of books is really geared towards your corporate communications, your Fortune Mm -hmm. 500 companies. Mm -hmm. It's geared towards educating more of the publicists that want to do more in-house communications like corporate communications, crisis communications, or, or work with governments. What it's not doing is really spending the time helping entrepreneurs and smaller businesses and brands and creative entrepreneurs bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I've written the first draft of my first nonfiction PR book. Mm -hmm. It's known as The Powerful Publicity Prescription. And it is a book that really demystifies the world of PR for small business entrepreneurs, authors, and even nonprofits to really understand the role that mindset plays in it, to really understand how to solidify your positioning based on your goals that you plan to create or plan to reach rather, and how to get into the nitty gritty of building a strategy, building block by building block. And I even talk about the tools and the resources out there to help you do things like build a media kit, save time and energy on media contact research, all of that kind of thing, all the way to, hey, now you have an interview that's gone live. How are you going to promote it to keep the momentum going, to keep your projects Mm -hmm. top of mind with new audiences? Mm -hmm. And I really wanted with this book to help entrepreneurs bridge the gap in their knowledge, in their experiences with PR, And to help them understand that it is not this major strategy that you have to spend $20,000 and have an audience in the millions already to really and truly make it worthwhile. You can start small and build relationships with key podcasts, with key bloggers, with key freelance writers and YouTube shows and things like that to really get comfortable and build up your experience. But the key is, as with any media opportunity, to not have it go live and then just let it die. Mm -hmm. You want to keep the momentum going. And the way to do that is to make sure you're promoting it and promoting it effectively. Mm -hmm. So in that way, it's really about recognizing that there is also power in the smaller media opportunities. There's a lot of power in going on a podcast that is catered to your audience in your industry. And that is really chock full of education, 
actionable tips and insights that people can learn from you on. There is so much value and so much power there that shouldn't be overlooked versus you always trying to reach the bigger and and so-called better mainstream platforms without having first done your homework on, wait, is this platform even for me? Are these audience members really my audience members? Yes. So with this book, that is the gap that I'm trying to bridge. And that's the education that I'm trying to share because I really and truly believe that every entrepreneur and every brand out there can utilize PR to reach their goals. And every single one of them has the ability to reach their fullest potential, to become that global industry leader, to become that sought after expert, to Mm -hmm. do those keynote addresses at major conferences, run workshops, run webinars, to be that sought after expert that every time a journalist needs a quote in a certain area, they're the ones that they go to. Everybody has the power to do that, but you have to first learn how to make PR work for you and be willing to build it from the ground up. That's so many thoughts while you're going there. Okay. I love that you have assessed the industry and you have found that gap and that, of course, and I'm sure it was very predictable that the gap is missing on those creative businesses, those smaller entrepreneurs, those nonprofit organizations. It sounds like there's a lot out there that's for those bigger Fortune 500 people. My first question spinning off of that is, is public relations an accessible and inclusive space? We're always talking about from a marketing and design side, how important it is to be talking to our audiences and to use alt text on our images to make sure that our colors are the right contrast so people, all peoples can view them. But is there any prejudice or any judgments in that PR space? And is it really open to everybody? I think just like any other form of marketing, there have been judgmental areas, there have been prejudice, there has been a lot of biases. And what in response to that, then it's about how do we carve out spaces to allow entrepreneurs who identify as LGBTQIA or they are BIPOC to feel comfortable sharing their stories, to get empowered, to get out there and become leaders and sharing their stories and everything. And it's really about discovering where those spaces are. So where are those platforms? Where are those media outlets? Where are those journalists, writers, reporters, podcasters who support these types of diverse storytelling How do they look at how do we approach entrepreneurs that identify as this and to give them that space? And and for me, when you are working with clients that, you know, all my clients come from super diverse backgrounds, they have different businesses, they have uh, certainly different stories and different story angles in which to pull from Mm. to get that media attention. So it's really about figuring out how do we make space for that? How do we approach things a little differently? And how do we allow these parts of these stories to be heard? I mean, I had a client who, as an author, who's also a sober creative, the sobriety part of it was really, really important for her. 
Yeah. She put it in her books. Like her characters are sober and her characters are struggling with that kind of thing and talking about it and talking and for her lifting the lid off being a sober creative Mm. was really important because so much of writing and everything there were jokes being made about you know writing drunk and things like that and and, and she wanted wanted to change that so making space for that part of her story was really important so it was about looking into what sort of platforms and outlets and podcasts can she go on and share that story on and Mm -hmm. really bring forth more of that education component demystify that part of what it is that she does and it's things like that that's really about making accommodations for people it's one of the things that I always say to my clients and I say publicly on social media and pretty much everywhere I go PR framework is the same for everybody like everybody's going to need a media kit everybody's going to need story pitches that they're going to email out and everybody's going to need that list of Mm -hmm. media contacts that they want to get in touch with. But beyond that, I would never tell one of my clients, this is how we absolutely have to do things. Mm -hmm. It's about taking that framework and reworking it to fit their stories, reworking it to fit their goals and really personalizing it, customizing it and tailoring it to what it is that they want it to do. Because even if you had two people in the same industry, one vegan food brand versus another, mm-hmm. even then there's going to be differences on how they want to approach things, differences on what their story is, differences on what their goals are. And really recognizing that to me and being accommodating with it is really how I get out there to really help my clients make it work for them, right? Because it's not about blanket solutions. It's not about just following the framework. And it's not about saying you 100% have to do it this way. It's about saying, okay, the framework says we have to do this. We have to build a media kit. Let's make it work for you. Let's make it fun. Let's make it enjoyable. Let's make it reflect who you are and your story, you know? So mm-hmm. that that's the reason why my approach to PR and with coaching and campaigns is really about figuring out what is the space that you want to get into and how can we help you get out there? I think that's so amazing. That really tuning into who you are, your brand's values, your true story, and really being your authentic self is part of your PR mindset. I think that's really incredible. And I wouldn't say that everybody feels the same way. So I'm very glad to hear this refreshing perspective. Um, We're going to wrap up here shortly. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. Let's see. What are some of your favorite companies or campaigns that you've worked on in the past? Do you want to spill some tea? Uh, I have a couple of them. One of them uh, was for a short film known as The Whistler from a local filmmaker here in Vancouver who also has ties to L.A., Um, I was working on the campaign for her and it was going really well. And she said to me, hey, I'm going to Comic-Con in 10 days. I'm going to be doing a panel. I know it's really short notice, 
But I think if we get the news out there that I'm going there and I'm going to be there and they can watch the film there, it's really going to help boost excitement and everything. So in 10 days, I put together a campaign for her and everything. And we got the news out there with with horror media and everything. And that helped put her over the top with a distribution deal for Shudder. Oh, cool. So that landed her short film, a two-year non-exclusive distribution deal. Another one um, that I, a client that I still have that come the fall, I think we're going into campaign number five together, I believe. Oh, He has a graphic novel series that he wrote that was based on his previous film and web TV series. So that's also in horror. And I started promoting it and getting him reviews and everything. Got rave reviews from all the horror media out there he's he's a great interview so I landed him some fantastic interviews with folks that support graphic novels and comics and everything and you know to top that off he ended up winning an award and and he's getting um before the strike that is getting some interest from Hollywood producers to turn the first graphic novel into you know to adapt it So, you know, these are just some of the success stories that can happen when, you know, you have a clear cut story you want to share, you have your goals of where you want to reach, and you then know who you want to get in front of, right? And and these are the kinds of clients that I love working with because it's magic when they are confident in the stories that they want to share and they know where they want to go with it. It makes my job so much easier. Incredible. Absolutely. I'm sensing a genre of your favorite clients in the horror realm, but I love that. That sounds so fun. So, Lillian, you just released your book not too long ago. Tell us a little bit more about where people can find you and where they can download your book or purchase your book. Actually, the book is currently um, in the middle of being crowdfunded. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So the first draft is done and crowdfunding will help me bring the rest of it you know, the editing, the cover design, all of that. Uh, They can find it on crowdfunder.com slash publicity prescription. I will send you the links and everything for that. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to getting the book finished, my goal is to also be able to donate more books to nonprofits so that they can streamline their marketing and PR strategies. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to empower more entrepreneurs to learn how to make PR work for them by launching a a membership. And I want to give away scholarships for that. That's part of the campaign as well. So in addition to the book, you can always find me on Instagram at Lillian Sue, copywriter PR. I'm always on there sharing actionable tips and talking about PR and engaging with authors in my audience and entrepreneurs and things like that you can find me on LinkedIn at just at Lillian Sue and you can go to my website at in retrospect writing services.com and send me an email through there as well awesome I'm gonna have to go check out your crowdfunding campaign immediately after this very exciting Thank you so much, Lillian, for joining us. And I really have appreciated all of your thoughts about mindset and storytelling and being your authentic self in this kind of scary media space. Your insight has been really incredible. I hope people go and check out your website. And for anyone listening, you can check out more Magic Hour episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts or on our website at 
unicornmarketingco.ca backslash magic hour. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you later.